this is Cammie Davis with Art on the Airwaves on KSKQ 89.5 FM in Ashland. This show is about art and the business of art. And guess where I've been? I've been in what to me is a very artistic town, which is Seattle. And many of you know that I moved here from Seattle. I actually was born and raised a small town girl. I grew up in Brookings. And then I lived my adult life in Seattle. So any chance I have to get back there makes me incredibly happy, especially because my kids live there. And I got to see two of my three daughters while I was there and most exciting to me I got to see my oldest daughter has a little baby bump on her tummy and inside of that is my grandson my very first grandchild so I was I was kind of geeking out grandma during that visit and I didn't even know that was possible it's like when it, Whenever anyone else has told me about grandkids, you kind of yawn and you get through the conversation. But, oh, my God, when it's happening to you, it's completely different. So my poor daughter, I kept touching her tummy. Um, but I was in Seattle for a trade show for my jewelry, which is camiart.com is where I have my products from my art. And I met some really amazing artist vendors at the show. I'm going to be talking about them a little bit more tonight. Um, I'm going to be on a podcast by Eat Magazine, and I'm going to be talking about some of the amazing vendors that I I met. And I often, in these situations, I often think how lucky I am to be part of a tribe of artists. And, and that's what I call us, all the artists and music, musical artists and the, theater artists and all the people that I bring into my life. They're my tribe of artists. Um, I want to mention a few that I met at the show that I'm going to talk about on that podcast a little bit more. Um, you can find all of these guys on Instagram. And so I'm going to give you their Instagram name. Uh, one is Yes and Yes Designs. And they make a jewelry and other items out of you books. So they take like the covers of the books and they make these really cool jewelry. That's Yes and Yes Designs. Um, Judy Laub, which is J-U-D-Y-L-A-U-B. She makes this amazing jewelry where she came up with this way of, um, I think she called it embossing. Um, and she does like patterns on jewelry. And I love repeated patterns. It's like my eye just grabs hold of, the, hold of that. Um, so she makes really cool jewelry with that. You can find her on Instagram. Judy Laub. And then another that was one of my favorite was Britta Imbauen. And it's B-R-I-T-T-A dot A-M-B-A-U-E-N um, on Instagram. And she makes jewelry, these, these little precious metal jewelry pieces that are, the, my favorites were these necklaces that she had that she made out of spheres and they're like cut in half. And when you move half of the sphere aside, there's a little inspirational saying inside. And I love words. So they were really, really cool. I loved those. So I'll be talking Talking about that more on the podcast tonight, um, you can find Eat Magazine's podcast at eattmag.com, or you can text eattmag to one four eight zero four one eight one four one one, and they will send you the link to their podcast. If you're um, starting a business, they have a lot of really interesting business-oriented podcasts. I learn a lot whenever I listen to them, so I'm always um, very happy to be part of those. I took some fun pictures while I was in Seattle. I was staying at my friend's condo in Queen Anne. She was actually out of town and I got the use of her condo as well as her kitties, which are Orson and Lucy. And it was way too much fun to live somebody else's life for a little bit. And I'd get up in the city and I'd go and have breakfast in one of the community gardens or at Whole Foods. And then I'd go and I'd stalk the, the art in Seattle. So I got some crazy snapped pictures of Seattle art. Like there was a Klaus Oldenburg sculpture of a typewriter eraser. Now the really interesting thing about this, I 
Randy's going to. Randy McKay from the Holly Theater is my guest today, so I'm kind of glancing at him while I'm saying this because it was so funny. I go to the trade show. The, the Seons are not going to get this, but I went to the trade show, and the 20-year-olds did not. I showed them the picture. I was so excited, and they're like, what is that? <laughs> They've never seen it. And I, <laughs> yeah, I had to explain it to them. Uh, anyway, I got a picture of a hammering man, man in front of the Sam and um, a new sculpture that I hadn't seen called the Urban Garden in Seattle. So I took a bunch of fun pics, and all of those are on my Instagram at Art. So just search Art on Instagram. So on my way home on Wednesday, I just got home a couple of days ago. I guess that'd be like a day and a half ago. I stopped in Portland in the Pearl District at the J. Pepin Art Gallery. Um, she was a guest on my radio show recently. It was a really inspiring podcast. If you missed that, go to artontheairwaves.com. Click on podcast, and you'll get to see all the different podcasts that I've had recently. Um, and hers is a really good one to listen to. So she's actually on the cover of exploretheperl.com this month. The actual magazine, it says The Pearl on it, but the website, go to exploretheperl.com. And um, it's she's on the cover for, it's a quarterly magazine, so it'll be there for a while. And um, it's a great article. Her gallery is so inspiring. And of course, I'm very excited because not only am I just recently an exhibiting member there, but in October, I'm going to be the featured artist. So of my first solo art exhibit in Portland. So I'm very, very excited. I stopped and chatted with her. I got to see the art of Chris Foster, who was another recent call-in guest on my um, Art on the Airwaves show. Again, you can find that podcast as well. He was so interesting to talk to. Uh, his art is hanging there this month. So I got to stop in and chat with Jen about my exhibit and what I need to do to prepare for October. And there's nothing an artist likes to hear more than, you need to go home and take time to paint. Yes, please. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yes, please. I'm home. I'm ready to paint. Um, we decided to call the exhibit Letting Go. This is a series of paintings that I've been working on since the winter, and it's really inspirational to me. I had found over the winter that the stresses of life were just kind of taking over not only just my you know personality, but my definitely my art as well, because it's kind of one and the same. And um, it doesn't even matter what the stresses are, but I think as human beings, I think we all have stresses of some sort or another that we deal with. And when I had, in March, I had gone to see a gallery that I really respect. And they had, I had proudly, you know, hauled my paintings in and and they had looked at them and, and they said, you know, Cammie, your paintings are getting really static. It was so deflating and yet I looked at them and I was like, wow, they are right. I, it is time for some changes. I need to make some changes. So I went home, I threw a little artist tantrum and I pulled out a panel and, and then I did how I've always painted and somehow I've stopped in the last few years. I went back to it, which is cranking up music and just painting. Um, and having musical guests like the Sions with me today, they're just here warming up and it just like my body starts vibing like I'm just so ready to go home and paint. Um, it was such a freeing feeling to go back to that music and art and just being in my own space and letting go of stress and just creating. So it's really exciting to get a great response from the galleries and the people. Um, and I think that as human beings, it is so easy to get weighted down with other people's criticisms and the stress of life. And for me, it's trying to please other people was kind of taking over. What I found when I started letting go of that need to please and just spent time with myself... I found it was beautiful. I think that human beings are so different, and when we try to live inside others' boundaries and others' comments, that it just breaks us. And I had gotten to that point, and I think the beauty for each of us is just being ourselves. So if you're listening today, I'm just going to suggest just let it go, whatever 
stress, whatever comments, whatever you're carrying around that you need to do when you get home, just let it go. Like, just live within the beauty of yourself. So I'm really excited about those paintings. And I've been creating music art videos to those paintings. I'm going to be talking about those more with some of the players who've helped with my videos during my next two Art on the Airwave shows in September. September 4th, I'm going to have Colin Pope from Eat Magazine on, as well as Christian from my recent Paraglide. And, um, and then on September 18th, I'm going to have Jeff Kletzel, his, the, who is the musician for one of those, come back to me. I'm also hoping to get Martin Ball, who's the musician for the Letting Go painting. Um, ha- I'm hoping to have my sister, Terry Harris, who's the videographer for those as a call-in guest as well. So we'll see how that goes. I'm really excited, though. Um, and I want to mention before we go to our first song by the Sions that one of the things that I did for those videos and for the Letting Go series is yesterday I did something I've been thinking about for a while. I got up in the morning, I drove up to the top of Woodrat Mountain and met my paraglide instructor up there and I basically jumped off the side of the mountain. It was so cool. I can't, I cannot even explain like I had driven up there before and looked down at the beautiful valley that I live in and tried to picture what it would feel like to, to be soaring because I wanted to experience that feeling of letting go. I can't even describe the feeling when we first took off and I looked down and these tall trees were below me and it was so freeing. It was the most amazing feeling ever. Um, and I want to mention him, um, Christian. He was amazingly patient with me because I did get a little motion sick towards the end of that, um, but he was incredibly patient. His is website is wildwildwest.us and he was an amazing instructor so I would I'll put the contact information for that on the website so we're going to go to our first song from the Seons and I have Grayson Micah and Sean in here from the Seons I'm going to turn their mics up so which of you I want one of you to tell us about the Seons okay well uh, first off, uh, I'm Sean from the Seons. Sean Siders, um, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, right now we got uh, Micah McCaw, and he's our lead guitarist. And bass uh, bass is Grayson Phelps, and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm the singer. And uh, yeah, we uh, we're going strong right now, trying to work on our second album, and uh, we're really excited about that. We're mixing it ourselves. We recorded it uh, with Dennis Dragon. Uh, at studios at Pacifica, and uh, we've worked a little bit with Brett Levick, a local producer, and he's the one that worked uh, with us on our first album. So that's kind of like where we're at right now, just really focusing in on our uh, craft with the second album. And uh, pretty soon here, we're hoping to get it out to everyone. That is so awesome. You guys are from Medford, right? Yeah. Yes. Are um, Are you guys brothers, friends? Like, how did you guys get together? Uh, I think Micah was through Craigslist and Grayson was through Facebook. We just really what? Mine was a mine was a tab. Oh, at Guitar it was a tab at Guitar Center. Oh. Yeah. Right now we're juggling mics. I know. This is community radio, as I always say. So we've got two mics, and we've got all these amazing musicians, and we're trying to, like, juggle the mics for them. Um, So you guys met at different places, and you guys all had this love of music. Right. Right? Yeah. And and you are. The voice we're hearing now is? Oh, I'm Micah. Micah? Yes. Okay. Um, And how long have you guys been playing as a group? Um... Three years now. The, yeah. yeah. Three, the three of us have been together for three years For three now. years last this, August. This is August. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Sean, Sean and I have been playing together for four. 
So. Now I asked you guys a question, and I I was saying to them, um, to me it's all rock, it's all good. I mean, it's like I just love music. I don't even I don't classify it. But it's funny when I start to have guests on, I'm like, oh, I need to say what genre they're from. So it was interesting to me that I said, okay, we, one of you guys needs to explain your genre, and they started going, oh, what is it? There's it's, so one of you guys tell me there's so many different genres nowadays in music. How what are you guys, and how do you determine that? Uh, we're still figuring it out, and we'll <laughs> probably that. never figure it out exactly <laughs> what we are. And part of that is the fact that we're continually changing, mm-hmm. uh, going in and out of dis- different genres, which I think is really common for bands nowadays. Uh-huh. You're not going to find a ton of independent bands that are focused on one genre. It seems to be more of a chemistry sort of thing now. They'll combine jazz and rock yeah. or uh, indie rock and rock, which indie rock can be a million different things. So it really is, it's super subjective depending mm-hmm. on who you're talking to and what you're talking to. But usually we define our music based off of the vibe it gives off, okay. you know, feelings okay. that we like to uh, transmit to people. Yeah. And I usually tell people that we have a positive, fun vibe that can also be dark and sort of somber at times, and uh, hopefully we take you on a journey, you know. That's, yeah. that's kind of what we like to do with music, so. That's what I think as an artist, as a 2D artist, that's what I think is so amazing about music, and I've listened to different types of um, live music lately. Some of the people I've worked with have just been amazing, is that you guys can take people on that creative journey, that emotional journey. Do you write your, because you guys write your own music, right? Yes. Which of you writes them, or do all of you? Uh, it usually starts with Sean, with the idea and, and, um, and you know, some melodies and, and some lyrics, and then he comes to Grayson and I, and we work on the rest of it until we get it to where we want it to be. Wow. So it's fairly collective experience, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So when you're actually playing, do you have to be in that certain mood that you're trying to evoke, or is it already written into the song, so at that point it's just interacting with the audience? I think the mood presents itself once you're in that situation, uh-huh. depending on the song. Yeah. It just kind of presents itself. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm so fascinated by musical artists. Okay, guys, what's the first song that you guys are going to play? Uh, this first song <laughs> this first song is called uh, Spaces of Heart and Mind. And it's uh, our second album is about the end of the world, roughly. It's like a, a theme about uh, an apocalyptic story. And this is kind of an introduction to that theme. Interest. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to hear this. We're juggling microphones here for a second, and then they're going to get started. And this is Sion's. Okay. All the world came alive, a soul in glow, a broken home. Vicious seas, crumbling storm, overflow, overthrown.
to the skies Off we march Devoid of hope Voiceless choir Ashen water Falling dawn Float our bones In sunken shires Spaces of the heart and can't even breathe after that. It was so incredibly beautiful. Thank you. Thanks, Cammie. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are amazing. Wow. Uh, we're going to have another live song from them in a, in a few minutes, so I'll catch my breath by then, and, and um, uh, I can't even talk right now. But we are back on the airwaves with uh, Cammie Davis on KSKQ 89.5 FM, and we are hopefully live streaming on YouTube right now. It looks like we were for part of it. I can't quite tell. But anyway, uh, you can go to YouTube and search Cammie Davis, C-A-M-M-Y Davis for that. Um, today in the, in the uh, studio, we have one of my favorite human beings on earth, as well as um, I'm, I'm getting distracted trying to get the YouTube thing going. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite human beings on earth, and this is the executive director of the Holly Theater in Medford, Oregon, and this is Randy McKay. Welcome to the show, Randy. I am so glad to be back here. It's been a year, after all. I, you said that when you got here, and I because I see you so often, I was like, no, it hasn't been a year, but it was. It was a year ago for Downtown Art and Sound. It was, exactly. Um, and you really program cro- programmatically... Did I have to come on after that? I, see, I'm thinking that too. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to follow that. They are incredible, and um, yeah, we have to talk later. But they they played for Edgy in October. They were not one of the groups that we had at the Holly, but we definitely. No, thank you. Yeah, we need to. I'll, I'm managing them here for a second and telling you, you've got to get them to the Holly when that thing opens. Oh, that you is amazing. Have no doubt. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, but they were nice enough. They played for at the Medford Commons last year for for the Edgy in October event. So they were very cool to do that. Um, so, Randy, I'm going to have you start by telling our listeners about the Holly Theater. I think most of the people at least have heard of it in this area, but we have a lot of listeners from out of our area. So can you kind of give a little bit of a background about what the Holly Theater is? Sure. The Holly Theater is a beautiful 1930s movie palace that's been boarded up for almost 30 years now. And so we're in the process of restoring it, bringing it back to life as primarily a live concert venue. Um, 
as well as uh, Performing Arts and Events Center. We um, own and operate the Cascade Theater down in Reading. It's now in its 12th season. We just opened our 12th season. Um, we had Chris Isaac there a couple nights ago. Dwight Yoakam was there last night. Um, both of which uh, are here in the Rogue Valley this week. Um, I think Chris Isaac's tonight at Brit and Dwight Yoakam maybe tomorrow. Oh, so, <laughs> so um, we share a lot of artists between the Rogue Valley and Reading, and we'd like the opportunity on the rest of the year when Brit um, isn't able to perform because it's an outdoor space to have a place large enough to bring those kind of artists to the Rogue Valley because currently they wave at us as they go down the I-5 corridor on their tour routes because there's not a large enough venue for them to stop. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what the um, what the Holly is going to be when it opens up. It's, Correct. It's going to have musical acts and stuff, which we don't right now have, like you said, inside. Right. Um, there's a large portion of the year which uh, we're lacking in uh, ability to bring those artists to town, and that's really the goal of this project. It's not to tackle um, things that are already happening here in the Rogue Valley, but to be able to increase the um, increase the kinds of events and things that we can hold here in the Valley. So our goal is not to compete with existing arts organizations, but to to broaden the breadth of what's possible here in our valley. Yeah, you guys are so community-oriented, and that is one of the reasons that um, I met you guys, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and then I I begged you to take part in Downtown Art and Sound last year. And it was no begging, because you guys are so community-oriented that you you, um, jump on board for things that you know will help the community. Well, why wouldn't we be part of Downtown Art and Sound or the edgy art events? Because our goal is to increase the exposure and the breadth of arts and cultural opportunities here in the Valley. That's exactly our mission. So it's a a perfect use of of the facility. And someday uh, when we finish it and can (laughs) actually open the doors, we'll be able to do a lot more of that. But we're really excited we could be part of those kinds of um, community events. Yeah, and I love that you have included so many local musicians just in the... um, uh, you know, events that you've had so far with it being closed, and I know that you're going to continue that when it opens. Um, let's talk a little bit about when did the doors close on it? It was like 1988 or something? 1986. So the theater opened in 1930. It's a beautiful Frank C. Clark building. If that, uh, if you're from the Rogue Valley, that name probably registers. So many of the mm-hmm. beautiful um, buildings and fine homes here in our valley are Frank Clark's designs. He was sort of the first uh, major architect of renown here in the Rogue region. Yeah. And so it is a stunning, be- um, beautiful building, but mm-hmm. it's gone through so many iterations over the years. Um, and I don't think there are very many people left in the valley who recognize how beautiful that building originally was meant to be. It's been boarded up for 30 years, since 86, and it's really time for us to get the thing back open again and so our community can come back together and enjoy it. There were five of these beautiful movie palaces in downtown Medford when the Holly opened. It is the only one that is still standing the way it was originally designed, so it's the last opportunity to save a little bit of that history. Oh, that's so amazing. Um, if you, if, listeners, if you haven't, if you're local and you haven't been on a tour of it yet, do you guys still have your... First Saturday of every month, 11 to 1, every half hour. They're completely free tours. Yeah. Um, and I suspect the September tours will be very, very full, and I'll tell you a little bit more about why that is later on. <laughs> um, but 
definitely come down and, and see what the project is all about. There's no, you know, high pressure sales or anything else. We just want right. you to see what this beautiful venue has been and what it will be when it's complete. Yeah, it was really interesting when I went on it. And he's absolutely right about the no high pressure sales because I actually raised my hand and said, hey, what if I just want to donate? I'm a starving artist. Can I donate five, $5? And they're like, yeah, whatever you want, you know, just, just, you know, be part of supporting us. So yeah, they were very easygoing and stuff, but it was just the information that was so interesting. And you guys have the best volunteers ever. We do. Yes. Yeah. And I think we should do a shout out to Carl Stonkey because he's such an amazing volunteer coordinator. Although now he has a position with it. Well, he's still everything. Yeah. He's a poor guy. Um, you know, you, you say you've got some time, we'll fill it. (laughs) Um, but yes, he's now our director of development and community outreach, but he still does the volunteer, um, coordination part of, of the job too. Yeah. Yeah, we, We keep him busy. He does an amazing job. But the volunteers also, you can see the love for the Holly. So my first introduction to the Holly was about, I'm thinking it was two or three years ago, and I dressed my dog up in a little 1920s or Aww. 1930s garb. I know Where's I, Emmy? <laughs> where's Emmy? <laughs> she has her own Facebook page, uh, embarrassingly enough. But, um, no, I dressed her up because I was doing um, the, the third uh no, I can't remember. Was it Third Friday Art Walk in Medford? Yes, sorry. And um, and you guys had just finished the renovations of the exterior was, was the reason that I had gone to that extreme. The grand relighting of the marquee, yes. Well, I love the marquee. And it, it did, it made such an impactful statement. And then when you take the tour, you can see what the inside is going to be like as well. So I know there well, was you'll a... you'll be able to see even more because we're in construction right now to redo the lobby space. Sorry, this... did I jump where, no, where this... you wanted to go with this conversation? You exactly, you took exactly <laughs> where I wanted. You guys just did a press release. So tell the listeners about what's been happening. Well, when you do a major project like this, this is a four and a half million dollar project. It takes a lot of community support to make it happen. So we did the facade restoration right away. We wanted to remove the blight um, of that building that was in such poor repair in Mm -hmm. downtown. So we did that really quickly, but then we had to go back into fundraising mode to raise the money to do the interior restoration. So very little has happened, except a lot of things behind the scenes actually have been happening. But physically, if you look at the building, there haven't been many changes Mm -hmm. for quite a while. Yeah. We were at a point where we had enough of the design work, enough of the historical um, information located, enough of the filings with the um, state and local landmarks um, commissions that we were able to do a little bit of work. So we wanted to start with a section of the lobby, which is one of the more ornate parts of the building, to show what the whole building can look like when it's fully restored. So we started with the entry foyer, and right now... um, um, when I was down there a little bit earlier today, there was no floor. You have to walk across the floor joists. There are no walls, um, though I believe the sheet rockers are in there now fixing that. Um, and we're putting the columns that have uh, that that weren't in there back. Wow. And start as part of that process, we pulled out a door frame that wasn't originally there, but had been installed many many decades ago, and discovered some of the original paint design work, the hand painted detail of the columns. Oh. Um, behind it. So 
while we knew that detail was there, we only had black and white photos of it. We weren't sure the color scheme or the style. Oh, so now we have the color palette. Now <laughs> we have the full pattern. So we can recreate all of it. The goal of this project is to bring the theater back to its original 1930s look and feel, mm -hmm. um, while, of course, adding modern sound and lighting systems and more comfortable seats and things like that. But so when you walk in the door, it should feel like Frank Clark designed originally. And that's a look that there's probably, you know, less than a handful of people in this valley who've ever seen that. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's been altered so many times. So bringing it back to that real... The original look is really the intent, and we have most of the pieces, but that's one we didn't have, and now we do. <laughs> that's so exciting. You guys have, like, the original lights and stuff, correct, that you're we having redone? We have been so lucky. Um, <laughs> yeah. So much of the building had been... Um, stripped of anything that was interesting or beautiful because it was originally scheduled for demolition in the 90s. And if you're going to tear it down, you may as well take the, the interesting things yeah. out of it. Since it wasn't torn down, I'm a little grumpy they did because we've had a really hard time <laughs> piecing those pieces back together. But now we have all of the original light fixtures from the lobby. Um, wow. We have all but one of the five chandeliers from the auditorium. We have at least one of every decorative element of the auditorium itself, so the window balconies, the, the hand-painted um, and carved columns. We've got at least one of all of those things, so now we can take the ones we have and refurbish them and also use them as to create molds from to create exact replicas for the rest of the building where we don't have those pieces. So now we know we can bring it back to the original look and feel in its entirety in a way that we would have only had to sort of estimate from yeah. some pretty grainy old photos before. Oh my God, that is so exciting. Um, for people who are listening and are interested in making a donation to help fully restore the holly, how do they find that information? Where do they go? Well, the easiest is to come on a tour. We'd be yes. happy to show you the building, so you really want to give to it. Um, <laughs> I, I swear it sells itself. We don't have to do any high-pressure sales. All you have to do is see what it was and what it can be when it's done. Um, yeah, I agree. And hear yeah. those incredible acoustics. I can't wait to hear the Sions <gasps> in there, I have oh. to say. It. Yeah, you guys, I don't know if the, if they saw it. We had we put musicians playing in there and it's all, you know, dilapidated glory for for Edgy in October. And it was so interesting that remember those two um Cullen uh, Cole, 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 Cullen. <laughs> um, where I, I was like, why are they facing the other direction oh, when I yes, walked in? Right. And then we realized they were playing to the Holly Theater. All the musicians that came out of there said the acoustics were amazing. And that's what it all stripped down. It was like a construction zone. Well, that we, was beautiful. We had an all acoustic string band in there. Remind me, Old Mountain Dew, I think. Oh, Old Mountain Dew, and yeah. They could stand in the middle of the auditorium. They weren't even on the stage. They could stand in the middle of the auditorium and the sound came carried out onto the street. Yeah. So people would hear them play and then come in the building, uh, yeah. which is pretty phenomenal. String instruments don't carry that well unless they're amplified, and they weren't. But the building's acoustics are so profound that yeah. it's so... And In fact, we're going to have some trouble with amplified concerts. I'm <laughs> worried uh, because the acoustics are so very good. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was designed well. well. We, we were talking about donating. 
Not yes, to get yes. back to the money point. But no, but I do want to because some of the listeners are not from this area, and they might, hopefully, we'll get some who are interested in donating. So how, if they're not in this area, how do they also get to your website? Well, hollytheater.org is the easiest way to find us, and that's theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E, mm-hmm. hollytheater.org. Hollytheater.com will send you to a small independent theater in uh, Georgia, um, <laughs> who are friends of ours, uh, since <laughs> they get our web traffic and we get their email. Um, <laughs> we've had a lot of communication. That's awesome. Um, but hollytheater.org will get you to our website where you can learn more about the project, but you can also donate from there. You can um, let us know you'd like to volunteer. We have an army of volunteers and we are always recruiting more. Yeah. Um, and you can find out what the project is meant to be. That we're, we're restoring the building for three reasons, and I think two of them are really obvious. We have an incredibly beautiful building that's been derelict for a long time, but yeah. it has a lot of history for a lot of folks here in the Rogue Valley mm-hmm. and beyond. We, when we do these tours, we have people from all over the country who come back and say, I grew up here. I remember this theater. <laughs> I am so excited that you're bringing it back to life. Um, but the third reason I think is probably a little less important, uh, less obvious, but probably the most important, and that's the economic vitality that a project like this yes. brings to an area. Um, all you have to do is look at the Rogue Valley and you can see that it works, but in my previous two theater restoration projects in the San Francisco Bay Area, you can see what's happened to the community once the theater has reopened. My yeah. theater in San Jose was in the red light district. No one Everyone said, why are you wasting money? Yeah. No one's coming down here. This place is scary. It's, it's, actually, frankly, I don't want to be seen here. Mm-hmm. By the time the theater opened, within five years, it became the most desirable neighborhood in the city. That's where all the new restaurants went, all the new um, arts organizations, uh, several small um, art galleries and museums moved in. It's now where all the street fairs and festivals happen, is out in front of the theater. Mm -hmm. And that kind of change is what's so powerful about a project like this. You can bring people into a neighborhood they otherwise had no reason to be in. And it's people who are all looking to have a good time. They've got money in their pocket or they wouldn't have been buying show tickets. So they can afford to go out and have dinner before the show, drinks after, go mm-hmm. to coffee, invite their friends out for dessert after the show. And all of that traffic is what helps build a neighborhood back. Ashland wouldn't look like it does without that arts traffic. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville probably wouldn't exist um, mm-hmm. as, a, as a downtown district without the Brit without festivals. Brit, yeah. And in downtown Medford, the most vibrant part of our downtown surrounds the Criterion Theater. So it really does work well. Mm-hmm. And the corner where the holly is is pretty quiet. We'd love it to be really hard to park because it's so busy. Absolutely. And we need this in Medford. Um, I, I can't wait to be involved with you um, more in the future on um, art events and bringing, helping bring art and music and stuff to the downtown Medford. Well, we'd love to join the Cami tribe of artists. Have no fear. <laughs> you guys have been there since I met you. You know that. <laughs> well, we're going to go to another song from the Sion, awesome. which is going to take mine and Randy's breaths away. We're f- I'm finally breathing again, and now I'm putting them back on. These guys are amazing. I knew that when you guys played at Edgy in October. Like, I was so busy on that day, and I stopped and just listened to you guys. I was like, wow, these guys are talented. So then to have you here in the studio and... And um, just in this small space and hear your voices and stuff, I'm just, I'm enthralled. So um, what are we going to, what are you guys going to play this time? Uh, 
Well, first off, we appreciate the kind words, Cammie. That's really nice, and I'm glad you guys like it. It's heartfelt. It's heartfelt. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, right now we're going to play our first song off of our first album, and it's called Seven, and uh, this is how it goes. And the album is called Sun Gun. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and where, where is your website? We're going to mention it again, but where, where do people find your music? Uh, well, right now, our website, our official website, is under construction. We're kind mm-hmm. of working on it for the album that's going to come out soon. Okay. So um, that's Sions.com. You can check that out once in a while. You'll find us uh, changing it in the future. And uh, if you want to check out our music, the best place is Sions.bandcamp.com. And right there, you'll have some downloads and our latest single, Rain, um, which you'll hear later, too. Okay. It's spelled S-E-A-O-N-S. Yes. That's important. I had to look up how to say it. You say it Seons, but it's S-E-A-O-N-S, which I always remember by you take the S out of seasons, and that's how you spell it, right? Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow I got it right. <laughs> That's because I enjoyed your music so much. I actually paid attention. So um, I also, I did put a link on today's um, podcast is going to be on artontheairwaves.com. And there will be a link there if you forget the spelling or um, you want to go purchase some of their amazing music. So here's the Seons.
I took my sins and I let them go. I took my sins and I never came home. <laughs> oh my gosh, I cannot follow them. They are so good. What is that, Grayson? What is that thing that you're playing? Uh, most commonly referred to as a shaker. Oh, I could have just said that because I yeah, probably would have guessed right. that. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't assume I would. <laughs> that was really cool. So um, tell us again all of your guys' names. I'm Grayson. I'm Sean. I'm Micah. And they're from the Sions, which is sions.bandcamp.com. Yes. 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 And where are you guys playing locally upcoming? Uh. Oh, actually, I totally actually, put them our, on the we don't, we don't have any local shows. Our next show that's scheduled is actually in Baltimore, Maryland. But um, I better buy we, a ticket. We do, we do have <laughs> we do have some shows. We have a tour coming up, but a lot of it's up in the air right now. So we're we're not really sure. Oh, but that's yeah. our only scheduled show right now. Oh, my gosh. You guys are amazing. Okay, well, we're back with Art on the Airways with Cammie Davis on KSKQ 89.5 FM. And I'm going to put Randy back on the air. Um, we want to talk to Randy McKay a little bit about what they've got upcoming at the Holly Theater. Because I know there's something, like, really exciting going on, like, in about a week. I was surprised he was still in one piece. Actually, I'm showing on the YouTube. Like, I got, I'm holding this up because you guys need to see this. Randy is so busy he you know he's i'm surprised he's still a human being and he shows up with these gorgeous flowers for grandma oh well you and grandma deserve them thank you (laughs) (laughs) so let's tell the listeners what's happening and the mics are falling apart and everything i'm Um, just i'm just not going to touch it okay there you go so what is happening at the holly theater for this week well, I'm. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, hey, I tried there to we help, go. but I wants made it to worse. go that way. All okay. Right. No there mind. we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm really excited that our dear friend Jim Belushi is joining us for a major fundraising concert to help us raise funds for the theater's restoration. He has been amazing, as um, probably some of your listeners know. He has just finished building a home here in the Rogue Valley. I just want, wait. Can I just repeat that sentence? Yes, you can. Our dear friend Jim Belushi. I just <laughs> I just wanted to say that once in my life. Okay, so onward. Uh, well, he's just finished building a home here in the Rogue Valley. He's been coming here for the last ten, twelve years. He has friends here, um, and been fishing on the Rogue, and really loves this beautiful place. He just feels like it's a really spiritual place for him, mm-hmm. and so he's been looking for a place that he could buy or you know or build here, and he was finally able a year and a half or so ago to acquire some beautiful property on the Rogue River and has been building a home here. It was the subject of a reality TV show on DIY Network. Um, and Is that still in process, or can people uh, still watch it? Or is The it show already- is, has already aired, but it's now airing in um, reruns. I saw that it just started a second airing, I think, last week. So. I want it on Netflix or Hulu soon. I've got right. to see it. I'm sure it'll show up somewhere <laughs> eventually. And it's called Building Belushi. Building on Belushi. DIY. Okay. And... Uh, as part of that construction project, some of the subcontractors on that project also are working on the Holly Theater project. So um, our general contractor said, hey, Jim, I've got this interesting project downtown. You might find it kind of interesting. Why don't you come, you know, <laughs> wow. take a little, we'll show you around. And so he came and toured the Holly in the dead of winter. We don't have heating or air conditioning yet. It was, you know, 20 below and you could wow. hang meat in there and 
he was sick uh, from you know a trip he'd just been on, but he fell in love with the place and immediately yeah. said, "How can I help?" Wow! And so we said, "Well, let us count the ways." <laughs> and um, a couple months later, he joined the fundraising team as the honorary chair of our fundraising team. That's so cool. And he appeared with us in the Pear Blossom Parade a few mm-hmm. months ago in yep. downtown Medford, and since then it's just sort of blossomed. He wanted to bring his band here. They are phenomenal. <clears throat> 36 Grammys between them. Oh, my goodness. So they are a group of studio <laughs> musicians primarily out of the L.A. and Nashville areas, and they are joining um, him on stage, not at the Holly, since it's not open yet, yes. uh, but we're out at Edenvale Winery. They have a new amphitheater space. will be the first really large event to take place out there. Wow. Um, I know Thrive has done a couple of... Um, uh, brews and bluegrass kind of events out there, but okay. um, this is the first thing where we've got a large crowd all there all at the same time, as opposed to a come and go kind of event. It's next Saturday, um, August 29th, and it is going to be a pretty phenomenal event. If you are lucky enough to have already gotten VIP or dinner tickets, you are going to be in for some interesting treats. Um, the dinner itself will be a little bit of uh, theater all on its own. Ooh. We have the West's largest paella. It's over six feet across, so that giant paella will be feeding <laughs> everyone dinner. Oh, my God. Um, and it'll be cooked right out there in front that. of everybody, so you get to see this massive paella pan oh, that's um, so out cool. there. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> and then uh, if you have VIP tickets, there's only 150 of those. They went in the first week that things went on sale back in April. But if you're one oh. of those lucky few... Um, you'll be partying with Jim Belushi afterwards, and you'll get a signed copy of his CD. You'll get photos with him um, after the show. So, But if you don't have your tickets yet, there are still um, lawn seats available, but they're flying out the doors at something like about 150 a day, so I expect they oh. may be gone by the time this weekend is complete. So if oh you haven't goodness. gotten them... Go to Edenvale Winery, go to their website, or go to hollytheater.org and get your tickets because this is something you don't want to miss. Absolutely. And and the, the lawn tickets that are left, they were pretty affordable. Weren't they like 30 they're or something? dollars yeah. 33. They're not, not too bad to pretty get to affordable. see our new local legend and his incredible Grammy-winning team on yeah. stage. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I would be remiss in um, not letting you know that Duke Street Local Blues Band here in the Rogue Valley will be opening for Belushi. Oh, cool. And uh, several of the members of Duke Street have already been on stage with Mr. Belushi at um, a housewarming party out at his place on the um, Rogue River earlier this spring. So it should be a really fun fun evening um, out at Edenvale Winery. That is so cool. Now, how many, if you, if, or I'm going to say when you sell all the tickets, how many people will be there then? What's We're, the total? Um, because this is the first event of this scale out there, we're trying to keep it um, achievable. It's 2,000 tickets, and they are <laughs> almost gone. Um, I thought that's all the total population of this area. Really? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Everybody in the Rogue Valley is going to be there. I Don't know. be left I see out. That. I know, right? <laughs> uh, no, 2,000 2, people. I think the amphitheater could actually handle more, but because it's the first event out there, we wanted to know that we could manage it. Um, so we're capping the sales at 2,000. And I have a block of 100 tickets left. Edenvale has about 50 
50 left when I checked with them late yesterday. And there are about uh, 50 tickets left at the Terra Firma stores in Jacksonville and Medford. And that is it. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. So what else for the holiday? We've got maybe five or so minutes left to, to talk to our guests today. Um, <laughs> While we throw yes. microphones on the throat. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to upset you. Was that not enough? <laughs> um, so what what can people expect? Because people are always starting to ask me, like, when is the holly going to be open? And oh, stuff like that, that question is my favorite. Still, I wish I had a good answer. I'm guessing you've Here's, heard that once or here twice. Here is the answer. Okay. We have 12 months worth of construction work to do. I have $2 million to raise. Now, I will tell you that if you come to this um, event a week from Saturday. I believe you'll be hearing us. It's not finished yet, so I can't say with great certainty, but I believe you'll be hearing us make an announcement about a major contribution toward the Holly. Oh, so good. we'll be chipping away uh, quite substantially at that $2 million price tag that's left, but it really is the speed of fundraising that tells us how long it's going to take us to have a, to get to opening night. Um, mm-hmm. Once I'm at about 75 to 80% of the the fundraising goal, we can actually really start the full construction project, and that's 12 months worth of work. So we're talking a year and a half or so at the at the very earliest before the theaters open. Once it's open... You'll be seeing the Sions open for some great act there. <laughs> I guarantee it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we haven't talked yet, but um, that just, just so you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, we will be doing a whole week worth of, of great opening festivities there. I want to do things that are in every price range. There'll be some gala opening events that really are going to be fairly pricey. There will also be things there that just about anybody in Medford could afford to do and That's free great. tours of the theater because I think it's really important that the Valley understand this is their venue. It's not my venue. Mm -hmm. It's not my company's venue. It's the Valley's venue. It's a place that they should feel comfortable and excited about. And they're the ones putting the money in to build it. Yeah. I love that about you when we were working together on on the downtown art and sound and the edgy events was that um, I always had the strong belief that art is for everyone and people don't realize that. Some people get intimidated um, by art, afraid they're going to say the wrong thing or or they're not going to you know know how to appreciate the art or whatever. And I felt like you had that same type of belief of let's get everyone involved. This isn't a nose up in the air, it's only for the elite type of thing. No, uh, obviously there are certain artists that I can't bring in for a price point that isn't fairly steep. But if you look at our programming in Reading, you'll see that we program a really wide variety of genres. We program a really wide um, variety of price points. We program um, performing arts. We program. We produce our own in-house theater shows. We bring in artists of every size and scale, whether they're um, small up-and-coming artists or whether they're major touring, international touring artists. We have a range of price points from really inexpensive to really fairly steep. Usually within the same show, we try to make at least a few seats available to a wide price point. Because 
it's got to be everyone's theater or it's not going to be successful. And Mm -hmm. it wants to be everyone's theater that the whole community can come together and celebrate how great it is to live here in the Rogue Valley. Absolutely. I love that. Um, Well, we just got a couple of minutes left, so I want to give everybody's um, website reminders and um, any last-minute thoughts. So, Randy, let's start with you. Just a a brief rundown of what you've got going on and how people can get the information. Well, hollytheater.org is the best way to find out more about us uh, and about the Theater Restoration Project. It's also your opportunity to buy tickets for the Jim Belushi fundraising event um, coming up. He has been so kind to us. He has donated his fee, which is a huge help, um, to help us be able to make this fundraiser actually raise um, a substantial amount of money for the Restoration Project. So a portion, a large portion of every ticket purchased goes directly to the Holly Theater Restoration. So please do buy those tickets. Help us build this place. That is so amazing. And uh, you've got to jump on that right away if you want the tickets because they're going fast. Yes, if for, you do. Yes, you do. And if for some reason you miss it, please go to the website anyway and think about donating. It's such an amazing theater. And if you miss it, he is also appearing the night before at our Cascade Theater in Reading. It's only two hours and a beautiful mountain drive away. So oh, if you is. can't get tickets here, you can go there the night before. How far is it to Reading? Isn't it only two like hours. two hours? Yeah. And two it hours. is beautiful. I went to San Francisco recently. That is a beautiful drive. Yes. Okay, very All right, cool. I'm done plugging. Thank you. you. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> and we also have in the studio, we have the Sions. You guys got to hear a couple of their songs live, which was just ah, breathtaking. And we're going to send you out with one of their songs today. Um, guys, can you give the, the listeners your contact info and, and Whatever else you want to say. You want to download our- oh wait, wrong. See, see, part of the Check. mic problems might Check. be me. <laughs> They're like, "Where's the sound team?" <laughs> okay, this is Grayson talking. Go ahead. If you want to download our music, you can go to seons.bandcamp.com. And seons.com right now um, just has an email subscription form that you can fill out um, to be notified about future things when that happens. Okay. We forgot to mention that, but. S e a o n s. S E A O N S. <laughs> That's me again, <laughs> making the mistakes on the sound thing. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, so what song? What song are we? Tell us about the song we're singing. Uh, this song is the first song we've released from our new album coming out, and it's called Rain. Okay, so this is Rain by the Seons. Thank you to Randy McKay from the Holly Theater for being with us today. And thank you for listening to Art on the Airwaves with Cammie Davis on KSKQ 89.5 FM. This is Rain by the Seons.
And the sun will set to storm.